you're here. Glad you could be a part of tonight. My name's Caleb, if you don't know me, but most of you do. Um, man, we, we get to jump into this new thing in the new year. We do this series, if, you, if you're new to the harbor, if you're new to River Oak, um, we get to do this thing every year that we call our house rules. And so we believe this is God's house and you are a part of God's house. And in fact, um, many of you should be, you don't know this, but really you're, you get to host um, in God's house, and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, but, but man, there's, there's house rules to this place, not rules like, um, like at your house where your, your mom's like, don't put your shoes on the couch, like not those kind of rules, but rather um, things we want you to come to expect being in this place, like things we want you to expect out of this place, things we want you to fight for in this place, things we want you to make um, this place to be a part of, because what I know is I can tell you a lot of things from the stage. I can tell you, hey, we wanna be about this and we wanna be about this, but until you choose to really like embrace that and take that on as your own, this place will never be something like that. And so we have these house rules and over the next few weeks, we're just gonna talk, we're gonna talk through the three house rules, the, the, the house rule of resting and refocusing and risking. And so that's what we're, we're, we're on. Um, but here's what I also believe. I also believe that, that God is real, that God hears our prayers, and that God acts on our prayers. And so before we get started, I'm just gonna pray um, quickly, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna talk to you for maybe 15 minutes, and then we're gonna go to our community groups. So if you pray with me. God, we love you. <clears throat> I thank you for this time. I thank you for bringing us to this place. Lord, I thank you for um, the opportunity to gather together. Lord, we know that you're sovereign, that you, you've aligned things in a way that we would be here tonight um, for this purpose. And so, God, would you bless it? <clears throat> would your purpose be accomplished in us and through your word? We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. So I, I just wanna clarify for you guys, um, there's a lot of assumptions about pastors, uh, but what you need to know about me is that I haven't always been following Jesus. Um, I was raised in a Christian household. My dad is a pastor. His dad was a pastor. His dad was a pastor. Like, it's like that, like that in my house. Um, I never wanted to be a pastor, and, and I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't always following Jesus. Um, I look back, and I, I think about um, the ways when I was in high school, uh, really particularly, and like just out of high school, um, I, you know, right after my senior year, of just how I really lived this life where um, I would kind of walk with Jesus, but, but then really I, would, uh, I was a different person around different friends. I think particularly uh, to, to one Saturday night, I, don't, I didn't really like church at the time. I didn't like to be at church. I thought church was boring. Um, and, and frankly, it was boring. Uh, and, and I just didn't want, I didn't want to be there on Sunday mornings. But my parents had this rule that if I didn't show up on Sunday morning, then I cleaned the house on Sunday afternoon. And I was not a fan of cleaning the house. And so I was gonna show up on Sunday morning. Well, one, uh, one Saturday night, I remember hanging out with my friends and, um, and, and we were probably making choices we shouldn't make and, and doing things we shouldn't do. And one thing leads to the other, I don't know, we, I think we play a movie, I end up falling asleep. I fall asleep and, and I was supposed to come home. <clears throat> well, I wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and I realize I am not at my house. And it is a Sunday morning. And my parents are about to light me up. So I jump in my truck. I drive very quickly to my house. 
I get to my front door, I sneak in like a ninja, I kick my shoes off. I think I had like an undershirt on and a collared shirt on and I kind of take the collared shirt off uh, and kind of like throw it in the front room and then, and then I kind of go around the back way and I get to the kitchen and I get a cup of water and about that time my mom walks into the kitchen. Anybody got any guesses what she said? Yeah, don't say cuss words. She didn't say that. But uh, no, she, she actually said, Caleb, I'm so proud of you. I was like, what? For getting up early. I was just about to go to your room to wake you up. And you know what I said back? I know, Mom, I'm really trying. That's a true story, 100%. I remember thinking, I am the luckiest kid on this planet. Like, how did I time that out so well? Truth is, I didn't time that out. In fact, when I look back at my life, there's many times. There's many times when I look back at my life. And, and if you've been here, if you know kind of me and, and how I want to talk to you, I, I just want to shoot you straight. I just want you to know um, where some of the choices maybe you're making in life will lead because I, I probably made similar ones. But as I look back on my life and, and I think about those perfect timing, those, those things that like, man, I should have suffered way more and, 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 and a lot a lot more difficult, a lot more difficult situations, and a lot more sinful situations, and a lot uh, uh, like worse situations where I should have suffered consequences that were far greater than what I suffered. What what occurs to me is that when when I came back to following Jesus, I realized I realized that that Jesus had been preserving and protecting and preparing me even in my sinfulness that the whole time in God's graciousness, he had not given up on me even when I had abandoned him. That he had not left me. That he had not been like, man, Caleb, lost cause. But I look back on all these times and even in my sinfulness, I see how he was pursuing me. And the reason I, I share this with you is because I think you should know that that he's pursuing you also. That Jesus loves you deeply. And I don't just say it, I'm not just making it up. It's not like, oh, I just feel it. No, 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 God's word says it. That he loves you deeply and he's pursuing you also. That it is not by chance that you're here tonight. It's not randomly that the events lined out that you didn't have COVID today, but you had it last week, that, that you, you didn't get stuck in the rain, that you, you got here tonight. It's not by chance. I don't care what brought you here. I don't care if it's because you thought that girl was cute or that guy was cute. Like, I don't care what brought you tonight. The fact is, you're here tonight. And I don't think it's on accident. I don't think it's like a surprise to God, like, oh, I didn't know they were coming. Like, I think Jesus is pursuing you. And maybe that's the whole reason you, you were here, just so you would hear that. That you would know that, that, that the way you've been living, the way you've been going, with all the stress it brings and all the hiding and, and the secrets and the lies and the sin and all the things that it might bring into your life, all the regrets and the scars and the shame and the anxiety and all those things that I too well know accompany a lifestyle like that. He says, man, I'm pursuing you. And I have a deep desire for you 
to know me. And I believe that, that it's not because you've earned it. You didn't earn God's love. It wasn't that you weren't bad enough to, to totally lose God's love, that, that it wasn't any of that. I think Jesus is pursuing you because that's who Jesus is. That God says, man, I am love. He says, and I love you deeply. And he says, man, I want you to know new life in me. Like what you're living is not life to the fullest. He says, no, I, I want you to understand life to the fullest, not, not a restriction, not a, not a list of rules, not a, no, but a real relationship with the God of this world. Man, he says, man, I want you to understand it and know it and experience it. He's pursuing you because it's who Jesus is. I'm gonna share one story where we kind of see this character of Jesus, this characteristic of Jesus. This is this guy named Levi. Levi was this tax collector. Now, what a tax collector was, is they were somebody who robbed from their friends. They robbed their neighbors. They robbed their city. They robbed their community, all for the sake that they would be made rich, that they would overcharge you on your taxes. And so people knew that tax collectors would do this, and Levi was a tax collector, and so people hated people like Levi that he had no friends that weren't other thieves. Like his friends consisted of other people doing the same thing. That if you looked at him and he came in this room, you'd say, man, yeah, they hang out with the bad crowd. Like that's the wrong crowd. That there was shame in this and there was loneliness in this because that's what sin does, right? It, it brings shame and it brings loneliness. Like it wants to restrict you and seclude you. It makes you hide, it makes you keep secrets. That's what sin does. And so that's where Levi was. And he was in this place and there's this one day where he's at his booth and he's sitting there and he's, and he's doing his normal tax collecting duties and people are bringing their taxes and he's overcharging them and he's hated and, and, it's, and it's a hard day, but he's making money. And homie's getting rich. And sitting at this tax collector booth, what he sees is a couple of guys carry a paralyzed man away from him. They carry it in front of him and he goes, they go towards Jesus. And he knows Jesus is over in this part of town and they, they head that way. I'm sure he hears them talking about it and whatnot. It's not too long after that that he sees that same paralyzed man come dancing by. Right, so this is an eye-opening experience. You saw a man carried on a mat that you knew was paralyzed. You've seen him around town. You're a tax collector, and you know that, man, this guy's never walked, will never walk, and he's carried on a mat that way, and then next thing you know, he's carrying his mat running that way. And so Levi's got this in his mind, and, and this, is a, this is something different that you don't experience every day. And, and then what, what happens in this same day is, is it says, and after then, after that, that Jesus healed the paralyzed man, he went walking by. And as Jesus walks by, he, he sees Levi. That he saw the tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And Jesus looked at this man that everyone hated. Jesus looks at this man that's full of shame, that's undeserving. And he says two words, follow me. It was an invitation. Like Jesus invites Levi into something. It wasn't simply like, hey, follow me, I'm gonna walk down. No, it was like, hey, I'm inviting you into something more. What Jesus said when he, when he looks at Levi 
is he's saying, man, I see a man that everyone else has discarded. I see a man that everyone else has counted as nothing. I've seen a man that, that sinfulness has, has led him down a really dark path. I've seen a man that, that has no hope, but, but what I see in this man is I see a man that, that has an opportunity for redemption. I see a man that can walk out of that. And so what Jesus says when he tells him to follow me is this invitation. He says, man, I, I believe there's something greater for you. And I'm inviting you to come and live like I live and to practice like I practice and to walk like I walk. It says this in verse 28. It says, so leaving everything behind, <laughs> Levi got up and he followed Jesus. <clears throat> so in a moment, it doesn't say that Levi like went and told his boss he was going. It doesn't say that he like finished collecting the taxes for that day, that he collected all his money for that day, that he cleaned his desk for that day. It doesn't say that he locked up the tax booth. It doesn't say that he put a sign, hey, we'll be back soon. No, it simply says that then he got up and he left and he followed Jesus. Here's the thing. I think many of us have been confronted with that same invitation where there's been a time in your life and a moment in your life and it may even be in this moment where you know Jesus is inviting you. He's saying, man, I'm, I'm calling you out of your shame. I'm calling you out of your pain. I'm calling you out of your habits. I'm calling you out of that pornography addiction. I'm calling you out of self-mutilation. I'm calling you out of these things that you would follow me, that you would know me. I'm calling you into real life. And, and here's what happens, is then we convince ourselves that, man, that takes a lot of effort. That takes a really big movement. That's gonna mean that, man, my friends are gonna think different. I'm gonna have to stop doing that. I'm gonna maybe have to tell somebody I struggle in this way to get some accountability. Man, this is gonna be hard. But what you see in Levi, I need eyes right here, I just need you to hear this for a second. What you see in Levi is a lot simpler solution. That it wasn't this big orchestrated ordeal, it was simply Levi putting one foot in front of the other as he began to head towards Jesus. That that's what following Jesus looks like. As you begin to get up and you put one foot in front of the other as you begin to follow Jesus. Now here's what following Jesus looks like for you and me. Here's what that actually means. That means getting up and putting one foot in front of the other as you get to know who Jesus is and you learn to honor Jesus with your life. So, so I, just, I, I just want you to hear that for a second. It's putting one foot in front of the other as you head towards knowing Jesus more and honoring Jesus with your life. It's saying, man Jesus, I'm accepting this invitation. So I'm gonna go less Netflix, I'm gonna go less TikTok, less Instagram, less Snapchat, and instead I'm gonna go more God's word. God, I wanna know you, I wanna know you more. And, and, and I'm gonna go less, uh, less sleeping with my girlfriend, I'm gonna go less abusing these drugs, I'm gonna go less of these things because God, I wanna begin to honor you with my actions. God, I wanna know you and I wanna honor you. That's what Levi began to do. Like, it doesn't say he stopped saying bad words. It doesn't say he began to say and think good thoughts all the time. It doesn't say that, that he was instantly a cleaned up, reformed, like, put a suit on, like, your white-collar Christian. It just says in his filth and in his sin and in the shame that he had and in the scars, he got up 
and he began to head in the direction of Jesus. It was simple. It was a solution. But then here's what, here's what happens after that. He gets to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I'm kind of hungry. You want to come to my house tonight for dinner? And Jesus says, absolutely, why? Because Jesus loves this man, even in his sin, and even in his shame, and even in his scars, and even in his mistakes. He says, man, I love you. I know those things about you, and yet I love you. See, it wasn't his sin that would push Jesus away, but it was his sin that motivated Jesus to pursue him. And the same is with us. And so here's what's cool. They go to dinner. They go to um, Levi's house. Now, here's the neatest part to me. It says now, in verse 29, here's who's at Levi's house for dinner. Just listen to this. It says now there's a a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. So here's who Levi invited to this party with Jesus. Levi invited all of his sinful friends to come and eat dinner with Jesus. Like I know my actions as a Christian in high school and in college, that largely I wanted to be obedient to Jesus in, in some of those moments but I never wanted my friends to know because I was a little bit ashamed. I I knew I was a little bit hypocritical. I knew I was a little bit like unknowing of all the questions that may come. And so what did I do? I kind of hid Jesus from them. And so I lived one way with my friends where I was staying out all night and doing all sorts of dumb stuff. And then I lived another way when I was at church and, and maybe even in my own time with the Lord at home. But I love what Levi does. He says, man, let me just be honest with you about why I quit my job today. Because this man, Jesus, you want to come eat dinner with him tonight? Do you want to come know him tonight? Do you want to come experience what I experienced tonight? And it says, and there was a large crowd that he invited his friends in to what he was experiencing. That he invited the tax collectors and the sinners in. Now, what's, what's amazing to me is if you continue to track Levi's life, who, who Jesus changes his name to Matthew, and so in the Gospel of Matthew, it's this recording of all Jesus did, that Matthew is this Levi, same person, same person who, who did it. This former tax collector has a book in God's Word called Matthew, his recording of Jesus. Pretty cool. But if you begin to track Levi's life from this moment on, What you see, or what you rather don't see, is you don't see what his friends decided to do. You don't know what all those tax collectors and sinners decided to do. You don't know how many of them came to trust Jesus. You don't know how many of them went back to robbing their friends. You don't know how many of them, like, made fun of Levi. You don't know how many of them abandoned Levi or went with Levi. You just don't know how many of them did that. You don't see what his friends do. But what you do see is that he continued to follow Jesus regardless. You see this priority shift. You say, man, for me, what's most important now is none of that other stuff. I found freedom from that stuff in Christ. And I would just attest to you in my own testimony that when I was doing all that stuff in high school, when when I was smoking the things I shouldn't smoke, drinking the things I shouldn't drink, like spending time with the people I shouldn't spend time with, like seeing the things I shouldn't see, like all of that, I thought like my flesh was convincing me 
Man, that this is the greatest choice. That there's pleasure in this. That there's satisfaction in this. But what was also accompanied by that? It was a lot of regret. What was accompanied by that was a lot of shame. What was accompanied by that was a lot of fear. That someone was gonna find out that I was gonna get caught, that I was gonna get in trouble. And there's this thrill to it, right? Like, oh man, I'm getting away with it. But then there's this fear. And I remember like, like years after not doing any of that and saying, Jesus, I really wanna follow you. Just a sense of freedom. I'm like, man, I'm not scared about my actions anymore. Man, I don't have this fear where I'm having to look over my back all the time to see if the cops are coming to get me. Like, that's how bad it got. Like, I don't have this fear and this anxiety in my life anymore. There's not this longing conviction of like, yo, you're not doing what you're called to do. There's freedom. And I think that's what Levi experienced. That's why you don't know what his friends did, but what you see is regardless of what his friends did, he said, I'm following Jesus because in him I found freedom and I found life. I thought I knew life when I was making all that money. That wasn't it. I found life. That he adopted a whole new way of living. And like like Jesus, I mean like Levi, I believe that Jesus has called us out of our shame and out of our darkness and out of our habits and out of our sin. And he's inviting you into something, but he's not leaving you in neutral. He's not saying, man, I'm just calling you out of that. He's saying, man, I'm calling you into something more. He says, man, like I believe his heart for us is that, that we would begin to rest in him. That we would begin to, to rest from all those pressures of having to perform and how our social media works out and how our academics work out and how our relationships work out. And, and we like, those are where identity comes and our, our, our fulfillment comes. And, and there's this opportunity just to say, man, I don't need any of that. And I get to rest in Christ and who Christ is. And over the next couple of weeks, that's what we're gonna just kind of talk about is the house rules. See, we, we named this place the harbor because we wanted it to be like a harbor. I don't know if you know what a harbor does, but I'll, I'll explain it to you. A harbor is where ships come when they're out at sea. And when they're out at sea, they're being tossed around, they're victim to the storms, like they're using supplies and fuel and getting worn out and beat up. And then when they come to the harbor, they get to, they get to dock up. They get to rest from, from the, the, the pressures of the ocean. And they rest and, and, and then they're refueled and they, and they get to refocus, they get a new mission and they get the details of the new mission. They get the supplies for the new mission and then what happens is they go back out to sea and they risk it and they go back out for a purpose and, and there's potential for change there and so they go out and they, they, they fulfill their purpose and, and they get beat up and then what do they get to do? They have to come back to the harbor where they experience rest and refocus and then they go risk it again. And that's our heart for this place. That's my hope for this. That's what, what I hope we would fight for, that this would be a place where people could come and rest. That they, they can rest in who God has made them. That you get to come here, you don't have to perform in front of anybody, you don't have to be anything to anybody, but you get, just get to come and you get to stand and, and sit or whatever you do and worship. 
The people are gonna play some songs and you just get an opportunity to sing and to say, God, man, you are great and I recognize that in this moment. Now, hopefully someone's gonna come up here like this and they're gonna bring God's word and they say, hey, don't forget Jesus' promise for you. Maybe a time where you get to refocus. But that this would be a place where, where you would find real rest. Just every week, it'd be a place where you could just come and refresh and rest. And so that's our heart for you. That you could rest and that, you would, and that would come through a continual encounter with Jesus. And so as we go to our community groups, I just want you to think about that. What would that look like? What would that look like? See, what I, what I know that, that it's gonna take, it's gonna take each of you saying, man, that's what I want this place to be. Man, that's what I would love to have. And so you're gonna be able to talk a little bit about that in our community groups. I'm gonna pray for us. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord, I, I pray that you'd bless community groups, speak through the leaders. Um, Lord, would you give uh, these students um, just understanding? Would you give them uh, courage to speak up? Um, Lord, would they find rest in you individually? God, would there be an encouragement even right now to accept that invitation? I'm saying, Jesus, I don't wanna play around anymore. I don't, I don't wanna fake it anymore. God, would you be confirming some things in their hearts and their minds? Would you be uh, building a desire and a fire in them that, that, that burns only for you? And would your spirit work mightily in that and powerfully? Pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.